0: Good day to all the listeners. Welcome to the New Life Behavior podcast series. My name is Oscar and I'm a volunteer instructor for New Life Behavior. Now New Life Behavior is presented worldwide, many countries and several on the African continent. Now the New Life Behavior ministry or series is completely free of charge to all who will benefit from the studying thereof. No request for money will be made and any donations are completely voluntary. The New Life Behavior Ministry Courses, the core curriculum, is a comprehensive study to discover a meaningful and personal relationship with God. The curriculum contains 174 lessons divided into 14 courses. The New Life Behavior Curriculum is designed to help individuals to be reconciled to God reconciliation of families and society. It is designed for people in all walks of life. It has been well received by Christians and non-Christians alike. These lessons will cover the following a sense of self, a sense of family, parenting matters, true freedom, Christian marriage skills, Christian woman, Attitudes and behaviors. Christians against substance abuse. Is a family net series. The seeker Bible study series. Prisoners of Christ. Managing my anger. Christians against sex addiction. Managing my finance. Now all the lessons that will be presented are also available on the New Life Behavior International website. And their address would be nlbi.net. We can give you at this stage two email addresses. One email address is 10, the number 10, winterhook with a capital W, winterhook at gmail.com. So that is is ten capital W-I-N-T-E-R-H-O-E-K at gmail.com and or Chris Burke, C-H-R-I-S-B-U-R-K-E at mweb.co.za. In this way, we say welcome to New Life Behavior Ministries. Hello everybody, this is Oscar of New Life Behavior, back again. Nice to be here and have a chat with you. Ach luisteraas is altijd zo lekker, ik wil een meer Afrikaans praat, maar dit is misschien meer gemakkelijk voor ons gehoor dat ik nou Engels praat. Maar je kunt enige vraag stellen aan die e-postadresse en die inleiden. Now today we're going to talk about the problem that affects all human beings. What is it? Now remember what you can do if you want to download the lesson and use it for your own private study you can go to nlbm.org that's the address that you need to use now small nlbm.org you can find the lessons, download them and you can give us feedback in every way that you want to. Thank you for everybody that's listening. We get good reports um, that there are people listening to our podcasts and we really trust that they're helpful. So what is the common problem of all humans? Well, you've got those questions at the end if you download the lesson and you can answer them and that will help you perhaps to come to a greater understanding. These podcasts are just uh, summaries of the various lessons. So today we find ourselves in Course 10X, the Seeker Bible Study Series, Lesson 5. Well, we know there's a serious problem. This is not a pleasant subject to bring up. But we do get to what we call these unpleasant topics. Who wants to be reminded of negative things? Who wants to hear bad news? So even though we keep telling ourselves that everything is fine and okay, somehow there's still a gnawing voice deep inside that whispers, everything's really not okay. Something's lacking. Our lives are not what we want them to be. You see, we try to mask our anxieties, to escape our pain, we work hard to find happiness. That feeling that everything is really not okay just keeps coming back. So we've got to ask ourselves, what is the central problem with which responsible human beings must come to grips with? According to the word of God, the most dangerous and damaging problem for all human beings is the word sin. Okay, now now please don't hang up. Don't stop listening now. Don't run away thinking that this is just another guilt trip or intended to be a guilt trip. You see, there are sensible explanations and workable solutions to the human struggle. Give God a chance to speak and work in your life and in my life. Hear the message before you make a response. Listen to all the facts before you make a judgment, I say to people. So this is not a marketing call from an unidentified number. Nothing like that at all. Let's talk about peace, yes, peace within our lives. Is this what we want? Is this what we need? And this is what we can have if we are willing to accept God's wisdom. I must say straight out it's not going to be easy but it is doable. Now what we do we want to talk about the bad news and we then want to talk about the good news. You see get the picture before you draw conclusions. Focus on the problem not the problems. We constantly our news, media, whatever you like is full, filled with problems. We just hear about problems, international problems, national problems, problems in our cities, problems at home, problems in schools, problems in the workplace, problems, problems. And then the fr- frantic efforts to find solutions to the problems. Experts are hired, money we spend, money, policies are written. Laws are written, security strengthened, technologies expanded, anything to help us deal with these problems. But have we overlooked the problem? Treating symptoms may provide temporary relief, relief but it can never give permanent release. The problem is that our enemy is Satan in our physical being and our spiritual being. And Earlier on in one of our lessons we called this the body and the soul. I don't think we argue about that at all. You see the message of the Word of God is clear on this point. It tells us that we need to be self-controlled and alert because it says your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. John says Satan is a liar. And other books tell us that the intent of Satan is to deceive and to blind us, to lead us astray, to lead the whole world astray. Now the one central fundamental major problem in the human race is called sin. You see, the heart of the matter is the heart. Paul, when Paul wrote the Romans to the the Roman church he said, all are under sin there's no one righteous not even one all have turned away there is no one who does good not even one there is no fear of God for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God you see, sin is a universal problem me a sinner? just a minute please I'm no saint but I'm certainly not a bad person you see it's quite natural to get defensive and say me a sinner I try to be honest I don't harm anyone I'm a good neighbour I'm certainly not a criminal I tend to my own business I'm good to my family well let's ask ourselves What's the picture of sin? Well, the picture of sin is the big eye in the center of the word. You see, sin is an I-centered way of thinking. Of course, it leads to I-orientated way of living. You don't have to commit some horrible act to be a sinner. Just live a self-centered life rather than a God-centered life. The Bible in the book of Colossians says we were created by God to serve and honor Him. We were created by him, and we were created for him. So sin is simply when the I in the middle of the word overtakes God. As we said in lesson two of uh, way back in this series, it says, once I believed in God, then we didn't believe in God, and now we think we are God. Now oh, I know that sounds a bit harsh, but, but really let's, let's just get to the core of it. You see the big eye mentality can eventually result in a life that is godless. Isn't that what the world feels like today? I don't know, you can think about that one. But amidst all of the sin we have our need for God's mercy. Do these statements have any penetration in our lives? Are we convicted by our sinfulness? Do we understand our desperate need for God and his mercy? Can I, can you make the following statements? I'm a sinner before you, God. God, I've lived for myself. God, my conscience convicts me. God, I have done my own thing. And then God, I've hurt you. The consequence of sin is separation from God. It's separ- that's what separates us from God. And that the, the, the prophet Isaiah told us about the separation from God. He said, our sin simply separates us. Now we've got to ask ourselves, having said this, how do we respond? Well, there's a lovely, lovely story in in the book of Luke. Luke, a doctor who wrote this book. And he tells us the following story, which I think gives us everything we need as far as sin is concerned. He said to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. He loved telling stories. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. A sars man, the man we don't like, the receiver of revenue. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, God, I thank you. I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Ha ha, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven but he beat his breast and said God have mercy on me a sinner. I tell you that this man rather than the other went home justified before God for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Exalted. Now let's move on to the the good news bit. Now there is a solution and this is lesson six of the seeker bible studies series course X, there is a solution to our problem and we need to ask ourselves what is that solution and again you can download from nlbi.net the the lessons, do them yourself, any questions or that look at the email addresses in the introduction we'd be very glad to, to assist in any way we can. You see, if the bad news was really bad, the good news is surely to be really good. Think about terminally ill cancer patients. The most elating news they can get is that they are cured from this horrible disease. The person who knows the damaging and deadly power of sin Will find great relief to you that God has promised and provided a way of deliverance and this brings us to a new word today called the gospel. The gospel means good news. Now you might notice we only did two lessons on sense of self and then moved into the seeker series and the reason for that is to help us to move on with sense of self once we have finished this seeker series. And what we're saying to each other that in the gospel there is good news. God wants every sin- s- a sinful human being in the world to hear it. And that's why when Mark wrote his book he said go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. No one was to be left out, that includes you and me. Why must everyone hear the gospel? Because everyone is held captive by sin's power with no human means of escape. Knowing our helpless, helplessness, sorry, God acted on our behalf and sent his only son to set us free from the power and the penalty of sin. God did this for us, what we could not do for ourselves. This divine intervention is at the heart and the core of what the gospel is all about. You see, the book of Romans, when Paul wrote to the Romans, he said, the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone. And that means Jews and Gentiles, the whole bang shoot, who believes it. The saving power of the Gospel can only be experienced by those who believe it. And the question is, do you believe it? Do I believe it? Do you want to believe it? Do I want to believe it? Now what is the good news exactly? Well the best description we have is in the book of 1st Corinthians and I'll mention in chapter 15 because it's the first five verses. It says Paul writing to the Corinthian church, a struggling church, a church that was amidst um, the Roman Empire and all that went with it. He says, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you which you received and on which you have taken your stand by the gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. And then he says in verse 3, The essential facts of the gospel are that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that Christ was buried, Verse 4, Christ was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and Christ appeared to many after his resurrection. You see, as sinners, in the book of Romans, it says we deserve the punishment of death. Spiritual death, eternal death. The wages of sin, it says, is equal to death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus suffered and died for you, for your sins, for my sins. Now the question is, how can Jesus' death benefit me? How can the death of a man who lived centuries ago benefit me today? How can this be? This is what the death of Jesus can mean in our lives if we are willing to believe. First of all, his life, his death, sorry, makes it possible for us to be righteous before God. Remember the bad news. It says there's no one righteous, not even one. Now hear the good news. God made Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness, in capital letters if you like, the righteousness of God. You see, we receive, we do not achieve the righteousness of God as a gift that is totally undeserved and unmerited. It's a wonderful gift. It really is. The book of Romans again says the righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. And we're going to talk much more about this word, faith. You see, his death makes it possible for us to be restored to fellowship with God. Our sin separates us from God. But the blood of Christ brings us uh, close to him. But now it says in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Peter the writer Peter the Apostle the Apostle that died for the cause of Christ said for Christ died for all sins once for all the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God then John said how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God you see this makes it possible for us to stand innocent Before God and we read earlier on in Isaiah that Jesus was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities it's a punishment that brought us peace because of his wounds we are healed but then it says like sheep we've gone astray each of us, each of us has turned to his own way the big eye in the sin isn't it and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This amazing blessing that we can have in Christ is based on divine grace. And we talk about this as well. Grace is God giving us what we need, but not what we deserve. It is God's unmerited favor. A favor. Let's talk about in Romans chapter it says since we have been justified treated as if we'd never sinned that's what it means by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ again in Romans he says there is no now now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus since Jesus came and died for us there is now no condemnation And again, our motto is, in Christ we are new creations. Jesus became sin for us that we might become righteous before God. And that because of the amazing and the abundance of God's grace. Now, does this mean we can take liberties with his grace? We can live carelessly, loosely, and in a sense, just, dishing out that God has to dish out unlimited grace now the Holy Spirit which we'll also talk about again later anticipated this question it says what shall we say then shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase just dish it out dish it out by no means he said we died to sin how can we live in it any longer in fact according to scripture The grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. I didn't write that. Titus chapter 2 says that. You see, grace is the key word that describes the saving work of Christ for sinners. Faith is the key word that describes the sinner's response. And we'll deal with this in our next podcast let's just close with a word of prayer father thank you for the gift of Jesus thank you father that your word is so powerful that it can tell us where we are and where we can be where we can desire to be thank you father for Jesus for your thought in sending him to us that he might understand our struggles but at the same time bring us his saving grace we're thankful in jesus name amen now just a few little easy tips First of all, each lesson is going to ask you to note a few personal thoughts about the question that is asked, and then read the questions at the end of the lesson, but do not attempt to answer them. Then study or read the lesson, then answer the questions, and then give yourself the opportunity to write some personal reflections. And you are more than welcome to send your answers and questions to ten, the number ten, winterook at gmail.com or Chris Burke at mweb.co.z.